So this is Dominic Kearns at the Rising as One podcast, and I have a very special guest. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Adam Burke. I'm the director of uh, coaching for the Phoenix Rising Youth. And how long have you been in coaching? I've been in coaching for 22 years. How did you get started? That's crazy that you've been in almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> uh, I actually got started uh, when I was a player uh, collegiately. Uh, just doing camps and uh, during the summer in the off season, and I kind of just started from there, enjoying it, love working with the kids, and moved to uh, West Florida when my playing days were done. And uh, West Florida's in Pensacola, Florida, and from there, I just walked on as the uh, men's and women's assistant uh, with both programs, and then I jumped into some youth soccer down there as I was doing that program. And from there, it just kind of the wheels just kind of took off from there. How'd you get out to Arizona? Uh, Mick Reavy made a phone call to me through a connection of his former um, boss, Mike Getman, at UAB. And I came off of a reference off of Mike Getman uh, to come down to uh, Scottsdale whenever we were the Scottsdale Blackhawks. And I took the offer sight unseen, believe it or not. And uh, I was 26 years old. I moved out here and I've been going going ever since. Um, so what was your involvement with the Scottsdale Blackhawks and then what happened when it transitioned to Phoenix Rising Youth? Well, my first involvement with the uh, Scottsdale Blackhawks uh, 16 years ago was I was the director of goalkeeping uh, for the club for the first handful of years and then I slowly uh, uh, worked out of that to just being a pro staff uh, coaching three teams and then uh, seven, eight years ago became the director of coaching uh, for uh, the club. And then in the last couple of years, obviously in our second year completing now, uh, we've been with the rising and uh, going strong and uh, everything is, uh, is flourishing from there. Have you noticed a difference in the quality of players you've gotten since it became Phoenix Rising Youth? I think the, the quality has uh, definitely probably upgraded a little bit. Uh, it comes from the start of the, the little ones and then up, which is all credit to our coaches that are in our um, academy and junior academy led by Mick Reavy and Andy Chapman. Uh, they've done an outstanding job recruiting and uh, just establishing themselves uh, with the program and process of just players coming through that have just excelled. and the attraction of the Phoenix Rising uh, and the potential of what that presents itself for the uh, players has definitely um, upgraded and increased uh, the numbers as well as the quality. And um, I mean obviously that was evidenced at the Dallas Cup this you know couple weeks ago. Take me and the listeners through the whole process what it took just to get there and then the competition you were facing you know, taking down the Tigres youth team, taking down Kerataro in the final? Yeah, no problem. I, you know, getting there uh, is just uh, putting a resume together like every team does that wants to go to the Dallas Cup. Uh, we actually went in as uh, the representatives of USL, uh, and uh, that pretty much uh, got us in the door. When we were there, um, Dallas Cup is one of those events that Everything needs to go your way. You need you need a little bit of luck. You need to be good. Um, you need just the ball to bounce your way at the right times. You know, uh, hitting the post for you in good ways, and then hitting the post, um, you know, for you uh, to obviously go in the net and keep it out of the net. 
We had everything. Um, the first game, we, we played a team uh, from Maryland. Um, we got on them pretty early. Uh, I think we scored in like the first two minutes of the game, and it was pretty much uh, downhill from there, and we ended up finishing that one 3-1. Uh, we had a little bit of a bumpy ride initially because um, one of the teams that we were supposed to play missed their flight. Flights canceled due to the weather and what have you. So we were actually supposed to play on Monday uh, against a team from South Cal South, but that game ended up getting canceled. So our second game ended up being Tigres uh, from Mexico. That might have been probably one of the best games I've ever seen our O2 boys play. Uh, it was one of the fastest games and maybe even more physical games that I've been part of in my 20-plus years of coaching in the youth game. Um, and obviously we came out on top there with Marcos Moreira scoring a header uh, in the like 88th minute uh, to win that one one nothing. Then it got a little tricky for us on this uh, journey here. We, um, we were supposed to play the uh, Bria team from Cal South on Thursday, which was supposed to be our off day initially. Uh, they end up not able to play because of the fields, uh, conditions too wet, what have you, so they canceled those uh, fields on us. And then we end up having to play the Bria team at 8 a.m. on Friday morning. Uh, and end up putting a pretty good game together there uh, and winning 6 nothing. Uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise that that game went as easy as it did because we had to turn around that same evening on Friday and play at 8 p.m. the quarterfinals, uh, which we ran into the Dallas Texans uh, DA. And this is whenever the things got a little bit different for us, uh, meaning our boys' legs uh, started to <laughs> obviously go a little bit here. And the way we had to play uh, kind of started to change so tactically we had to start to make some adjustments uh, and it really started with that Dallas Texans game I we ended up putting three goals past them conceding one and advancing but the next day uh, we played a very good team um, from uh, New Jersey uh, the Cedar Stars of the DA and we had to from here on kind of take the mindset that we're probably not going to be able to play our normal normal way, which is you know a little bit of pressing and trying to win the ball in the attacking half of the field and what have you. We had to start to kind of think about saving our legs so we could get through the whole 90 minutes because at not the end... Not quite parking the bus, but... Not, not completely, but pretty darn close. Um, you know, we, we obviously still came out and played, um, obviously scoring. We got up on Cedar Stars actually 2 nothing uh, in the first half. Uh, Jack Smith, actually our center back, uh, got both of those goals. And uh, we ended up in that second half uh, putting a little bit of a, you know, made it a little bit harder on ourselves. But Cedar Stars, again, you know, uh, a quality team and a quality side uh, was able to uh, uh, do some things. And, you know, they got one back and we ended up hanging on and finishing that game 2-1. And, uh, you know, the boys, uh, the boys were obviously fired up. Uh, come to the finals, you know, it was kind of the same thing, but I knew we were even playing a better side. Than and the, the final Stars. was the final was at the FC Dallas Stadium, right? Yes. Yeah, so that was a yeah. So uh, excuse me on that. So yeah, we got to play at the FC Dallas Toyota Stadium, which uh, of the MLS, which was uh, nothing but top shelf from the minute we get on the premises to everything. So uh, great experience for the boys, uh, from the locker rooms to the security escort, all that stuff. Uh, was uh, top shelf on Dallas Cup's part, and the boys, uh, you know, didn't get oohed or awed by any of it. Uh, I'm sure they enjoyed it, but uh, you know, they kept their focus, and uh, we stepped into the game with a very similar game plan of just kind of 
you know, go forward when we can, try to get with some numbers when we go forward. But at the same time, uh, when we lose the ball, it was uh, just get behind the ball because we knew that uh, chances are with this being our fourth game, 90-minute uh, game at that, in, in, less than se- in less than three days. And, you know, they also had to play three games, but that fourth game, you could tell on our legs and the way our boys were handling it, uh, it, it affected us in a big way. I mean, these are not little boys. These are young men. So it caught up to us. But, the, again, uh, same game plan. It was, uh, you know, look to get forward when we could with numbers and uh, take the chances when they're there. And when we lose it, get behind the ball and just make it as hard as we could on them and make them, I told the boys, if they're going to score, let's make them break us down, not give them something. So that was kind of the... And, the game plan. And pardon my ignorance, but are the youth rules the same as like a senior rules where you only get three subs for the 90 minutes? Um, well, Dallas Cup, the whole Dallas Cup actually has FIFA rules. Uh, it wasn't three. It was you could have six. But there, once you were subbed, though, what is similar to kind of the pro game or FIFA is you cannot – once you're subbed, you're subbed, period. So you were not able to reenter uh, at all uh, once sub, but you do get six instead of three. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that, that'll really catch up to people. Did you guys think going in that you could do it, or was it really the Tigres game that kind of opened everyone's eyes? I would, I would have to say the Tigres game is what, you know, opened the eyes to even myself that, you know, we have a legitimate chance uh, to win this. Uh, you know, I, I always thought, you know, the group, you know, had a good thing and knew how to get it done here and there, but, you know, I knew there were some levels out there that we haven't seen, and... I can't say that anymore. Uh, we've uh, we've pretty much have seen it all now, and uh, you know we've and we've topped them all. So uh, once we once we handled Tigres, I I really did, and I think the boys the the full belief came in. I mean that we, yeah, we could bring this home. Can you describe to people who might not know just how big the Dallas Cup is and what the reactions were like, you know, for people outside of this area, you know, a national international audience there. Well, this was the fortieth. Um, tournament for the Dallas Cup. It's the U.S. largest international tournament in the country. Uh, teams from all over the world, even in our age group, we had teams from Ghana, um, England, um, you know, South America, uh, Mexico, obviously, uh, Canada. Uh, it, it's a it's a world event in the U.S. It's the one of a kind in the U.S. And uh, we were the first team from Arizona to ever win it on the boys' side. So it, it's it's one of those events that you just kind of hold up at the very tip of the top. I mean, I could argue it's it's arguably tougher to win the Dallas Cup than it is Nationals due to the fact that Nationals is two to three games where Dallas Cup is six. Um, you know, the boys were away from home for nine days. Um, so it's, uh, it's also very... Uh, pressing and tolling on them in that sense as well from being home, away from home for that period. Uh, the reaction has been nothing short of uh, you know, magnificent uh, just from all over. Uh, we had Governor Ducey actually tweeted on us, I think, um, before the game, before the match, and uh, you know, friends and family of, of everybody, alums, everybody coming out, uh, you know, it, it's been tremendous. It's been tremendous. Um. I mean, what about even like other coaches, you know, from other states and other places? How are they, how are they reacting? Yeah, I mean, my colleagues uh, across the country uh, definitely were giving me uh, a lot of uh, 
kudos and uh, best wishes and congrats because uh, they know how exactly how hard it is to uh, get something done like that and uh, you know it might not ever happen again it's 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 one of those events that you really cherish and will never forget um, and thank God for cell phones and um, all these things and those memories are a lot of them recorded and taken photos of so it's uh, something that you know these kids and myself included you know 20 30 40 years from now uh, we'll still probably be talking about it and um, you know we saw about a couple months ago Brandon Kennison the first kid to come up from the youth ranks to the senior squad um, which kids on your roster could be making that jump you know maybe two years three years down the road yeah I I mean, we have we have a few kids that have actually. We got one in particular that has um, played in two games with the Rising uh, against the uh, Sporting KC um, of the MLS uh, in the preseason. Sander Pele, uh, he got called up in the preseason match uh, to run with him. Uh, we have a couple that have potential. I think most of our boys will probably end up going and playing Division One um, soccer, and then probably go come back in if they do. Uh, the old traditional way, and either be drafted or picked up through, through you know, through tryouts and trials and what have you. But uh, you know, there's some other kids out there that have that. If as long as they stay healthy and keep their heads, you know, dialed in right. You know, Jack Smith, as I mentioned, has um, that potential. And, you know, there's a Sander Pele, of course, has that potential. I already mentioned him. But uh, there's there's a few others that uh, could definitely knock on that door um, in the next maybe couple years. Uh, but uh, you know, you never know. Soccer's a funny old game. It, uh, you know, the one player could be here, and the next week he could be there. So it's it's one of those where I just kind of it's hard to say who will be what. You know, and predict the future, obviously. Now, again, correct me if I'm wrong. We didn't get to see on the outside too much of that Dallas Cup final, but I remember the uh, the team tweeting out that it was won on a penalty kick save. Did that end up going to a penalty shootout? Yes, so the Dallas Cup in the finals, uh, there is no overtime. You just go regulation, 90 minutes, and then you go straight to PKs. Uh, the only group that actually goes into any overtime is the super group. And we went straight to PKs, and uh, Greg Squire was our goalkeeper in that match. Uh, he actually ended up saving two out of the four that were taken, so they didn't even get to their fifth shooter. And all, five, all four of our boys stepped up and buried each one away so yeah I went to a PK shootout um, and Greg actually made the game winning save uh, lower right corner full extension great save great read by him and uh, yeah and then the celebration was on um, so what comes up next for this team I mean you talked about nationals uh, yes yeah, so the boys have a handful more uh, regular league games to play uh, then they will be qualified they actually have already with the five games left they have actually already qualified uh, through the points uh, for the playoffs which is going to be in Rockford, Illinois which is just outside of Chicago uh, this summer in uh, late June, early July and if they make it into the top four uh, there they will go on to nationals which will be in uh, Colorado in mid-July how many teams are they competing against in this uh, in this competition outside Chicago? The competition in Chicago will have a total of, I think I did the math, they'll have about 58, 58 to 60 teams will get asked to, or qualify, excuse me, not get asked, they qualify to go to that event. And then only the top eight will go to nationals. 
I don't know the exact format of everything of how it's going to play out, but the top eight will end up going to nationals, and you'll probably be in two groups of four. One, you'll play three games, and then the winner of that four will go meet the other winner of the four. Wow. Um, I mean, how do you? Are you going to have a similar squad for that tournament? Yeah, I don't see too much of a turnover. Um, I, through the rules, I can maybe bring in one or two more. Uh, players, if, if they're the right fit uh, for us, but uh, they have to obviously fit the birth, birth years and all that good stuff of uh, the youth game that it requires you to have, but uh, there could be one or two more additionals. We have had one gentleman that's been out for about three or four months. He'll feel like a new player when he comes back in the mix, uh, Ricky Cardoza, so we're looking forward to having him back um, hopefully sooner than later, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, I'll kind of wrap it up with a couple more general questions. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in soccer coaching? Uh, first and foremost, uh, watch and go get around it as much as you can. And uh, if you're interested in jumping on our staff, uh, reach out to us. Uh, you know, we like to start our coaches that reach out to us on the younger side uh, that uh, go through our rec program and try to get experience. Uh, coaching, you know, youth is, is teaching, but it's also the experience of being around uh, kids and in the environment of uh, the game. So you need to get as much experience as possible. Uh, and, of course, there's the route if you wanted to go early on um, to get your licenses and, uh, you know, through the USSA or F, excuse me, and uh, start to uh, start that process. And what do you see the future of this youth soccer setup? What is that going to look like five years, ten years down the road? Oh, I, uh, I can only imagine uh, that there will be uh, leagues as there is now. Who knows what the name of those leagues will be. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, the professional clubs kind of take lead. Uh, is what I think we need in our country and start to uh, separate themselves uh, MLS, USL like ourselves and we start to kind of go in a direction that is um, with the more serious player going that direction and then the, uh, the youth that are maybe not interested in that kind of go into more of a uh, uh, youth developmental um, leagues of your local states and what have you but I, I'm hoping that the MLS and USL kind of come together in the near future in that five-year span, if not sooner, and start to really kind of create a pathway uh, for players to either go professionally or collegiately at the highest levels. I, I could just about hear it, hashtag pathway to pro right there. Um, this is usually the point where I would shout out your socials, but uh, I know you don't have socials. But where can people follow Phoenix Rising Youth Soccer? Uh, the best way to follow, well, the ECNL teams, uh, the top teams, I mean, would be the uh, go to the uh, boysecnl.com website and you go into standings. Uh, that's one place to obviously follow those teams. Um, the, the state teams... You'd have to go into the state websites to see their schedules and what have you. But um, with the uh, ECNL groups, uh, the schedule is on the boys' ECNL uh, webpage, and we play at the Scottsdale Community College um, fields. And we actually have a game this Sunday against a team, a club from uh, Nevada, Heat FC. 
and uh, we get back into the league play. Uh, we've been out of the league play for about two or three weeks now. Um, do you know if the senior club has anything planned for you guys at a home match? Yes, so the O2s are going to get recognized um, at the June 7th game, uh, Friday uh, night. And I can't remember who we're playing off the top of my head. It might be Tulsa, but I'm not sure. But uh, Friday night, June 7th. Mark your calendars. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. Thank you very much.